0: another episode of the pixelated sausage show hi 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 how are y'all doing I'm of course your host Mark Nez I know the last episode when I started this new camera angle looking directly at you which I looked back at that recording and could see plenty of times where I was looking above you hopefully that will get better over time, but I also said that I would never wear no. I said I would never not wear a hoodie and by hoodie. I mean beanie and here I am no beanie. I figured I'd give it a shot. My hair looks passable right now from directly on. So I thought we'd give it a go. Still not entirely sure how the hair growing is going in terms of when it gets to a certain length it's already the longest it's ever been how am I gonna look? is this a good look for me? probably not but it is nice having long hair and I wanna try and grow it as long as possible because I'm fucking old people Who knows how much longer I'm going to have this hair? It's still not graying. It might... That's the question. Will my hair start to gray? I've heard some people say, a little strand there, a little strand there. Not enough to be a salt and pepper look, though, that I want so badly. But will my hair start graying first or start falling out first? My mom is convinced that i won't because it whatever it's based on whoever her grandfather i don't know how the whole generation thing works in terms of the hair that you should be looking at in terms of will you lose it or whatever is the grandparent on your mother's side or some bullshit like that does that does that mean always on the father's side it's never the case Uh, Unless you're a girl, which then it's just some weird thing that... How how do genetics... uh, Whatever. Fucking stupid. Stupid, stupid, stupid. But this is where my hair is currently, if you were wondering. So, we're trying it beanless. Which I wore in the last episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. And the last Attack the Backlog, which went live this past weekend. I am recording this... I think the Xbox Developer Direct just started now as I'm recording this. It is 2.05 p.m. Central Time, where I call home. And it's a, it's a nice 27 degrees outside. It's, it's t-shirt weather now. It's very nice. I went outside to collect a few packages and didn't realize it was going to get that high today. I was like, you know what? Kind of nice that I also adjusted the the gain on the mic so that it it should be it should pick me up a little bit better at a further distance. So I have to I don't have to be right on it when recording via OBS, so that I can more so guarantee that it won't obstruct my face because I know y'all really want to see that. But in terms of any kind of news or jazz of that nature, before I get onto what I've been playing, which includes a handful of games. I still want to do a dedicated movie, TV show, etc. podcast in addition to bringing back Amazing Labaka because it's too good of a title for a show to not use and I love anime. Still not watching anywhere near the amount that I was because I've just... There's too many, too many things going on. Too many things. I'm currently watching... And I typically now just keep watching One Piece every week, and another show at the same time. And I'm making my way through the Apothecary. Is that how you pronounce that that word? That profession. Diaries, which is pretty good, pretty good. I'm enjoying it quite a bit. It's got a, it's got a lot of good qualities too. Solid eight. Very solid show. It's not amazing. But it's consistently enjoyable. Recommend it. Not super fan servicey either. You got some incredibly busty ladies in it, courtesans, but for the most part, even them, they just happen to be busty. They don't play up the fan service angle in any way. I did watch the latest mission impossible, Dead Reckoning, part one. Second worst. Mission Impossible movie, which there will never be a worse one than Mission Impossible 2, which I did rewatch because I did a whole series rewatch, except for the first one because I recently rewatched that one on its own. I love that movie. My favorite Brian De Palma movie, which is probably surprising given his catalog. And I think people look at that more as not a real De Palma movie because it's a. Uh, uh, not, not licensed movie, but uh, the, not property. It's a whatever. It's based off of a, a, an existing whatever. Existing property, but it, that doesn't really get across what I'm trying to say exactly. But I love that movie so much. Still my favorite in the series. Goes one. I think my ranking was one, five, four, or no, one. What Was it one five four six, three seven two, Something like that. Where the top three are, are very, very rewatchable. And six is kind of a bubble. But the latest one was too long a mess. All these fucking action movies. John Wick 3 or 4, Chapter 4, Dead Reckoning Part 1. They just keep getting longer and longer. They don't need to be this long. The antagonist is what put Dead Reckoning Part 1 below Mission Impossible 3, because I find Mission Impossible 3 very forgettable. And I've come to look at J.J. Abrams as a personalityless, boring, dull version of Michael Bay, which probably sounds insane. But I can see a Michael Bay movie, and if I don't always jive with his style of character or whatever I can still look at the movie and see that it is very Michael Bay when I look at a J.J. Abrams movie it's just very loud very flashy and nothing much else They, they work depending on the strength of the actors and their ability to make something out of nothing as I rewatched Super 8 and I forgot how fucking loud and just it just gets bad when they stop focusing on the kids even though the kids are kind of they're 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 alright but it doesn't have the same sense of small scale adventure that you get in something like the Goonies or E.T. which is what it's clearly riffing off of the most comparisons to Spielberg for J.J. Abrams Seem very questionable. He might be trying to be Spielberg, but he's way more Bayish and happens to be a lesser Bayish. But Dead Reckoning, way more purposeful comedy bits than I was expecting. A lot of set pieces that just went on and on and on. And a story that I ultimately didn't care about, a backstory that I couldn't give a shit about that seemed very similar to a certain death in Mission Impossible 1, but it was completely different. But it was... It's it just... I'm looking forward to being over. But this podcast is far from over because we still have games to talk about, including War Hospital, Bonson Knights, Thesis, Soko Winter, and Raku Venture. Also, I'm gonna mention this one first. Sailforth just got uh, an expansion, some DLC in the form of Malestorm. I can't remember if there's more to it, but Malstorm something potentially DLC. And I got a code for it. I re-downloaded the game, started playing it. I don't know how to access the DLC. And that's why I want to bring it up, because that is something I find frustrating with a lot of DLCs slash expansions. One, I don't, I Maybe mean, I should have double-checked this. I don't think it is in there, but I had to Google it, and I still couldn't find a immediate answer. I think every single DLC should always state in its description how you access it, when you can access it, what you have to do to access it. I said how you can access it, so that's the same fucking thing. But then also, when you boot up the game, give me that explanation. Tell me what I have to do. Do I have to start a new game in order to have the DLC as part of my playthrough? Give me something. So I jumped into my old save, started sailing around for about an hour, doing a bunch of little things, getting some resources. I had a good time, but I just could not find the the means, the way to access the new DLC, which seems like it'll, it should bring a lot of excitement and more compelling things to discover in Sail 4th, which is a really, really chill sailing game that I remember what turned me off or what kept me from Keeping at it when it originally came out is that it's really relaxing and it's fun being thrown in this world that you just get to explore at your own pace. There just isn't a whole lot to find. And maybe at some point in the main campaign, things do start getting interesting, but it is very similar because you can't get off your ship. You're always on your ship and then you have a harpoon gun. You eventually get a harpoon gun that allows you to collect certain resources. You can shoot certain larger resources with your cannon to collect them. And you get into ship battles. But it's, it's just the same thing over and over and over again. And really dull because nothing super exciting is ever happening or any little hint of something more in a game that is very similar, which is Dredge. Which is giving you nuggets of this more fantastical element, this Lovecraftian stuff happening right away. So it, that in that game, you are constantly being drip fed, and you can take your time collecting resources and just going through a. A means to gain currency if you want. You can, you, but you can you can get to the the meat of that game much faster. It's it's all depending on your your play style. But at least you're getting something. You feel like there's constantly something to discover that is going to be interesting. And sail forth, me playing another hour of it. It it was nice, but that's all over really was nice. that That's fine. But doesn't make for the most compelling experience. So I just wanted to bring that up. The first game, though, is War Hospital. Which opens with a bit of text that talks about how the, the people because this is a, a game that takes place during the First World War. And how people on the medical side of things Doctors, nurses, etc., engineers who worked with them. How important they were, and that we should remember them and give them their due, or stuff of like that. It, it was very respectful, and it's clear that the team behind War Hospital has a genuine care and love, and. and really does want to deliver something that is emotional with War Hospital. But it is a bit of a miss in that the game itself is a management sim where you are managing multiple locations. You have your rehabilitation center Your cemetery, your casualty care section, the doctor, surgery, office, or whatever, and research center, etc. Very, very traditional stuff in a management sim. And you have to make the difficult decisions of pretty quickly. The, the, The tutorial is not the best, and it keeps going and going and going, and it doesn't always register that you are doing what it's telling you to do. It can be frustrating in that sense. But it has a it has a very meaty tutorial that does explain a lot. So that, that's good in that nature. It, it, it can be a bit clunky to play the game with gamepad but it's overall pretty well optimized for a gamepad. The trickiest part is navigating between the the spaces, there might be a shortcut for that I, I never got any mention of that. But going from location to location, you have to pinpoint on them until the highlighter, which can be a bit frustrating. But you do get to a point where you will have to decide which patients you treat, and which ones you deny treatment because they may be terminal. Or very sick have a have a procedure that is required that is very dangerous that has a low chance of success you may have a limited number of doctors they may be all exhausted and can't work or some of them can't work because you have to manage that as well and make sure that you rest them so that they don't collapse because then you have to wait a significant amount of time you will then have to take them to the cemetery you when you rehabilitate them you have to decide okay are you going to send these soldiers home now are you going to put them back in the field what are you going to do with them in that sense and there's also a trench aspect that you have to make sure is up to snuff because there will be occasional attacks near your your medical area which i thought was going to be more of a tower defense thing but it didn't seem i I couldn't find anything to do in there other than just okay Everything's good. It's got, it's got me in the, the green check mark or whatever. But with all of these systems at play, I don't think the game does what I believe it wants to do, which is get you to feel about everything that's going on and get you invested in both your staffers' lives and the lives of those you are caring for. I think a much more simplified model s- structure system of a game like papers please where you are just working that the the front desk or whatever and looking at people's papers seeing if they have everything in order and and if they do do they have the right stuff or, or is everything with them good so that they can go through and if there is something that is off do you make an exception for them because they have a sad story that you can relate to or that you care about or maybe they'll offer you some money that will give you incentive to, to help them out because you need the money I think something that was much more simplified for war hospital would have worked so much better where you could actually get stories about the people you are treating about your staffers, limiting the amount of it. Because I, I think about the the choices you have to make in terms of deciding if you're going to work on a patient or deny them. And it really just comes down to how many doctors do you have? How tired are they? What is the success rate? Are they terminal? If they're terminal, then 100% you don't even have to think about it. And there's there's never any Case of okay, I've got two patients, I can only work on one. One of them is a young, 18 year old, fresh faced kid, has a whole life ahead of them, and the other one is 40 or 50 in their mid 40s, say, but they have a wife, two kids, but they obviously don't have as much life left for them as this young single 18 year old does but they both have an equal chance of surviving so who do you pick do you based on your own personal feelings do you go with the kid who has so much potential life to to live and 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 live for or do you go with the the person who has a family to go back to who has people waiting for him you don't, you don't know exactly. You would expect the 18-year-old has parents, maybe some siblings, but they don't have a significant other and children. So how do you decide that? What is your personal choice? I think giving you decisions like that would have made the impact that I believe they're going for much more significant. And I wish it was that way. The way it is, is okay, but after a few hours, it it very much so felt like I was just going through the motions, and that the War Hospital theme was different, but didn't quite have the weight I would have liked it to have. It's not a bad game in any way, shape, or form. It's just one that I look at, and I make i, I make an, an assumption about the developer's intent, and thinking of a better way to make that come across. That is War Hospital. I play on Xbox, along with all these games. Yeah, but the next game is Onsen Knights, B A H N S E N Knights, which is. The latest game from, I believe it's the same developer that did the Moth. I don't know if it's the Mothman. They've done these choose-your-own-adventure text-adventure games with an NES-esque aesthetic pixel visuals that are always pretty nice. And in every one of their games, they have some fucking weird form of solitaire that, I don't know, just make make a freaking solitaire game. They have these mini-games like that. And despite the fact that it's a relatively short game, I believe it's comprised of 10 chapters, and I made it about six chapters in, I just couldn't stick with it because it's a story where you are trying to... Well, you're not trying to infiltrate. You've already infiltrated and trying to gain information about this cult, the Bonson Knights, led by this former used car salesman, Tony, and trying to find out what happened to one of your friends. Cupra, I believe your name is... What was your name? Can't remember your name exactly. But this Cupra colleague, friend, was the godfather of your kid. You have a fake backstory of your wife and daughter dying so that you can go to the cemetery and get drops there. A good cover, I guess though, because you can't see your wife and kids, you really feel this, this feeling that you're supposed to have of your, your family being dead. But why the game lost me despite being a short game and I played it for maybe a little over an hour. It is so overwritten. They write way too fucking much. And there are so many cases where I was just sitting there reading more and more and more thinking, can we, that's some fucking tape on there. What the hell is that? (laughs) thinking to myself can we can we just get to the point fucking come on come on what are we doing here there are plenty of times where your character reiterates something that you don't need to hear again and again and again you already know this information you don't need to keep telling me this i i know and i know that's how you feel you don't need to describe every little detail or say the same thing five different ways it's just a lot of characters going on tangents that don't ultimately serve any kind of purpose. And it seems like that is done to elongate the story and the game itself, which is the wrong choice in a game like this. If, if that is, the, again, I make an assumption there in terms of that being why it's written that way. It may just be that that's the way they write. I can't remember the previous games because I've never... I've never quite jived with any of their games, so this one is the one that seems the most. I think I liked the Mothman one the most, but then I got to a solitaire game and I fucking was pissed that I couldn't win it, and I was like, "Fuck this game!" I like solitaire, and this game's pissing me off. But I think I I, I liked the way that one was story-wise. But if. It is written this way as a means to make it longer, to, to, to make it seem like there's more value there. That's not... With Choose Your Own Adventure stories, the point is that you're going to replay these games multiple times or, or read these books, these stories, multiple times, seeing how different choices will lead to different outcomes and being able to use your previous experience as as a way to inform you better on your next read or your next playthrough so that you know that okay well if if i i don't want to do this my next run because i know it's going to ultimately lead to this and that's not going to help me and so on and so forth a recent game i played and talked about that knows this very well is slay the princess i think that's what it's called that really understands that You're going to be playing this multiple times and your decisions and the outcomes of previous runs are going to inform you for future runs. So I think that ultimately just kills the whole experience, at least for me and the writing itself is, is okay, but it can get just, it's, it's just, come on. I'm admittedly though, a fan of succinct writing like Ernest Hemingway, for example. So it may just be that the writing style it, it, it itself is just not for me. But that is Bonson Knights. Next, we have Neffen Nefen, not Nefen. Well, it could be Nefen. I don't know. Neffen Thesis. N-E-P-H-E-N-T-H-E-S-I-Y-S. And this is a shmup that I found surprising surprisingly enjoyable it's got a decent challenge to it doesn't look that great but what i like about it is that it has some interesting systems at play when you start a playthrough you have one life point and your life is also tied to your power up level so when you gain power ups that'll be gain from killing certain enemies that increases not only your firing capabilities but also your life and when you fill that bar to the max you will get uh, for the, the next power up a little drone that you can use to do your super powered weapon which will remove the drone and remove one life point I think that tying both health and your weapon power-up to the same collectible, the same power-up. <laughs> it, it it makes the, the game, it, it gives the game an interesting angle that I can't think of another shmup that works exactly this way. And that's nice because I play a fair amount of shmups. A lot of them feel pretty samey. This one has that going for it. And then it feels okay. Again, doesn't look super great. But... I had a good time playing it. You have a fair amount of ships... To play around with at the start. You have... Four. One with a machine gun. One with a laser beam. One with a spread gun. And one with a phase gun. Which is the more... That the phase gun is the most interesting of the bunch because it's the most unique in that it fires relatively slow, but its projectiles will go through ships. It, it does the same amount of damage through every ship that is in a line, for instance. If, if you're fighting weak enemies, you can take out an entire line with one shot. But it is slow. And it's going to have its pros and advantages depending on the enemy types you're fighting against more powerful enemies it's not going to be the best because it's going to take a, a longer time to take them out and then each of those weapons has a specific super powered weapon uh, tied to them and then there are six maybe eight or so unlockable ships which all have various unlock requirements whether me uh, is beating the game, beating the level without taking any damage, without using a drone, stuff of that nature. So there's a a decent amount of content there. And if you like a shmup, I think it's a pretty solid entry. I don't think it's... I'm not not sure about the exact price, but I, I I would be surprised if it's over $10. If it's $15, maybe wait for a sale. But... If it's $10 or less, and you like shmups, I'd say it's worth checking out. Then we have, and that is again, Neffen Thesis. Then we have Soko Winter, which is another Sokoban game. Remember we talked about that one that annoyed me? This one doesn't. You play as a penguin, and you just moving ice on designated spots. And it's, it's pretty good. And, and one of the things I really like about it is that it adds a significant amount of challenge relatively quickly. It's not super easy for 50 levels and then starts to get a little bit challenging. So that's nice. And the way it adds challenge is by... You, you, it, it quickly opens up levels and then has a bunch of ice that will push the block till the edge of it on uh, either hitting a wall, which you'll have to reset, or hitting an open space. And you will move across these icy floorings as well You, I think, after every 20 levels beaten, unlock a new skin, which are fun, but don't really do much of anything other than just change the look. My only downside to it is that, while I like the challenge, pleasant enough visuals, annoying soundtrack that I immediately muted, I wish there was an undo button. I wish all games of this nature, puzzle games of this type of nature, not just Sokoban, but just these general puzzle games where you're doing things step by step by step. I wish they all had an undo button, whether that is only allowing for one undo, a few undos, or unlimited undos, It just gets a little frustrating when you are going through a level that requires a lot of steps, and you're pretty close to solving the puzzle, and then you accidentally do something, or you do something thinking that it might work, and then you find out it doesn't, and instead of being able to undo a step or two, you have to restart the entire level. That can get a little irritating. But other than that, I think it's a pretty solid entry in the Sokoban, Sokoban, Sokoban genre. That is, again, Soko Winter. Soko cool winter does not sucky like. I, well, I, it's winter here. I like winter. Last up is Raku Venture. This is a 3D platformer that has a lot of color to it. Looks relatively nice. Feels okay really really love the costumes you get some really great costumes for your raccoon character including a alien abduction suit which is the kind of suit where it looks like the alien is picking has picked you up and is carrying you around but your legs are the alien's legs it's just it has raccoon legs sticking out of the stomach that are fake that's an adorable one You've got a chef outfit that you can unlock. Uh, Los, uh, Los Muertes? That doesn't sound exactly right, but the, like the Day of the Dead type of skull thing going on. A pajama outfit. Plenty of others as well. Very, very cute. It's a very, very cute game. I, I really like the art style and the art in general. And overall, it feels all right. What I don't like is that the game mechanically has a regular jump, a butt stomp, and I think that's it. And the only way to take out enemies, you can also grab objects like fruit, and sometimes you put them in pots that will help you unlock certain things, or you throw them at enemies to dizzy them. But the only way to take out enemies is a bunts but the butt stomp on them. And I don't like this because if you're just a hair off and you miss a butt stomp, then the enemy you will be unable to move for about a second or so. And in that little window, an enemy can attack you, do a bit of damage, and That becomes frustrating very, very quickly. I wish you just had a base spin attack or something when you were not jumping so that you could attack enemies that way. It would take away from some strategy in terms of how you deal with enemies, and they might utilize that limitation in more interesting ways in later levels and in boss fights, but... Even so, I found it a little bit annoying. And then sometimes the jump can be hard to judge exactly where you're going to land. Or, or, or there are a few times where I died in annoying ways. But it was okay. I, I, I think it's $15. I'd say wait for sale. But it, it was okay. It was okay. I played plenty better. But I've also played plenty worse, so it's right in that kind of six-ish range, maybe a five, for annoying me with its butt-stomp decision. But okay, it's okay for fans of the genre. A classic for fans of the genre. But that will do it for this year episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Once again. I am Marcus y'all can find me pretty much everywhere at PX sausage. If you enjoy this here show or any of the stuff I do and what have you, you can support me and my nonsense over at patreon.com slash P X S. In addition to the Patreon, you can find links to the site, the YouTube, the discord, and so much more over at PX But that is it. That is all as always. Thank you for watching or listening. I, Hope you enjoyed this here episode, and I hope you have both a wonderful rest of your day. If you are watching or if you've watched the Xbox Direct, I hope you found it very exciting. I hope there's some exciting news, maybe a few surprises as well. But I hope you enjoyed that if you did. But whatever. I don't know why I was going tangents here. Just say, I hope you had a wonderful rest of your day, lovely rest of your week, and a wonderful weekend. But for now, adios uh, a rivederci. Bye.